What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Shay and the Good People. I'm Shay of the Good People, a.k.a. Shayna Blast. That's my real name. Um, you can find that. You would find me first, maybe, before the podcast. Also, I did make an Instagram page for the podcast and the show. So Shay and the Good People, I didn't say this last time. Shay and the Good People is a show that I host at Pete's Candy Store. It's a singer-songwriter showcase. Say that four times fast. Shayna Blass hosting a singer-songwriter showcase. I have like a weird like when I do my S's, but I had a teacher, an amazing teacher in college who when I was going to school for musical theater and she was like, you have like a weird thing with your S's. Like you should get that fixed or you should work on that. And I, I wasn't offended by it. And I did, I did think, I did hear it for the first time. And I'm really proud of my 19 year old self that was like, nah, I like it. Like I like that I kept that. So if you hear any whistling or any tongue on teeth action, uh, it's who I am and I'm not going to change. Uh, no, just kidding. So, <laughs> so Shane, the good people is a show that I host over at Pete's candy store in Williamsburg in East Williamsburg. I started it early 2022 and now we're still doing it in 2023. And I have two different musical guests, sometimes three different musical guests on each show and then I have them in here in the studio for interviews and I find out more about them and what they like to do and where they came from. And yes, I asked them about their music. Yeah, I asked them about their songs from the set, but I'm actually really more interested in learning who they are and what makes them tick. And, and what I really, really want to know from everyone, which I think I'm getting better at asking is like, what are, what, what are their insides like? <laughs> like, what what happens on the day-to-day -day inside your body, inside your mind that makes you want to be an artist and makes you continue to do it? And, and everybody who I've had on the show thus far happens to live in New York City. And I'm curious why we're doing that. Why are we freaking doing that? I mean, some of the people I'll interview are from here, literally live here. So... They're like, why are you, he I mean, you do have the choice to go somewhere else and be a musician somewhere else, but a lot of us just choose this city for whatever reason. So today I interviewed Sophie Hearn. So wonderful, such an incredible songwriter, really, really beautiful, really beautiful communicator through sound. Okay, yeah, I said it, I made that up. But I asked her about her voice specifically. I asked her about how she sings like she sings. I don't want to give it away too much, but her voice really makes me feel safe. And I, I said that, and I asked her about that in the interview. And I wanted to know why. Why does it feel like that? And is it me? Is it my trauma? Am I trying to, to, to find mommy and nurturing everywhere? <laughs> um, or is that, is that intentional? And do you find that out in... In their interview, well, Sophie talked a lot about her queerness and how that shows up and how that's involved in her songwriting, involved in her existence as an artist in the city and involved in her relationship with her family. And I'm so grateful that she was open enough with me to communicate all of that. And I really think our relationships with our formative caretakers has 
everything to do with how we see ourselves now, whether we're an artist or whether we work at Saks Fifth Avenue. No, I was trying to think. I keep using examples of banks, of working at banks. Like people who work at banks hate themselves. And I know that's just not true. You can have a very fulfilled spiritual life and still work at an institution like an American bank, like Wells Fargo. Um, it's not their fault. Everyone's, we're just trying to make it work. We're just trying to make money. I would love a consistent paycheck, but I don't want to go to a building every day. But that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about Sophie. I really think you're going to like this episode. I really think, I mean, I, I really think you're going to like all the episodes. Also, something we talked about was social media. And I have a lot of respect for her not wanting to do it. Not, uh, not because she hates it. She never said that. She never said she hates social media. She just said, and you'll hear it. She just said she likes to be a little quiet and it's, it's her inner life. It's her, she wants to save something for herself. And it's like, yeah, exactly. Why do I feel like I can't do that? Or we need to constantly be pushing, but that settled in very nicely in me. And I, I'm happy to know someone who doesn't feel like they have to put themselves and their work on the internet all the time, even though that is what I'm doing. <laughs> and that's what I'm probably going to be doing and have to do for this podcast because I want you to hear it and I want you to share it with people and I want other people who don't know me to find this. But it's that constant battle. I think a lot of us are constantly questioning our relationship with social media. Um, so we talk a lot about that. And I think you're really, really going to enjoy it. Here's my interview with Sophie Hearn. of anything anymore I'm as quiet as the snow that's falling outside my door I leave my TV on and my clothes on the floor and if you'd ask how much time has passed I'd say Everybody. Welcome to Shay and the Good People. I'm Shay, aka Shayna Blass, and we are joined here with Sophie Hearn, yes. who was on the June 6th. Yeah. June 6th, Shay and the Good People show. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for being here. Yeah, thanks for having me. <laughs> <laughs> Came all the way from Manhattan. <laughs> yes, Manhattan, we, the different country. <laughs> yeah, I know. The other county, the other borough, taking a couple trains. So I have so many questions for you, but to chat about your set, mm. like, for the other interviews, I've been I I, I knew them very well. Right. The two of my friends, mm. we don't really know each other. We mm -mm. met because we were we did a Rockwood showcase together, and I just I really really loved your songs. Like fell in love with your songs, but mm. also you have incredible energy, and oh God, I <laughs> I wanted you on my show, and I wanted to know more about you. So I'm going to ask you about your song specifically we may not get to all of them but mm -hmm. my other the other two folks i have no idea like where and how this is going to be released but other two folks i kind of knew them well and i wanted to know more about them like on a spiritual level mm. and i'd kind of heard their songs before but right. i just yeah i'm i'm hoping to dive a little bit more into your songs mm. but what i would love to know about you first and share with our audience is 
like, where are you from, dude? Where do you come from? <laughs> and like, when did you first have a guitar in your hand? I, yeah, I grew up in Philadelphia in the suburbs of mm-hmm. Philly, um, which is awesome. It has great proximity to New York, which mm-hmm. is where I was like always like listing towards. Um, and so I didn't start guitar until I was 15, <laughs> which is like as far as playing instruments goes, like super late in the game. Um, oh shit, really? And r- 15? Right, that's what I've been told, right? <laughs> so like, and also, I mean, I just wanted to have like autonomy over how music came in, like how I wanted to control music in my life more. Yeah. A lot of my background had been in like, you know, musical theater settings or like choir settings at that point in time. And I wasn't really in control of when I could sing and not. And so I just kind of had like an ADHD fixation with guitar, which like, thank God and God bless. Yeah. Um, Cause it's lucky. difficult for me to like stick with things, but I just let my curiosity like lead me. Um, Where did you get it? My guitar. Yeah. Um, my Where'd mo- you get your ADHD? Yeah. <laughs> That's trauma. We'll um, get to that. But yeah, where did you get your my guitar? My mom went through a midlife crisis and bought a bunch of guitars. And then like never really, uh, we, we took lessons for like maybe a couple months when we were younger, but we were like the chronically, um, we were the kids who were like chronically scheduled where it was like, it just, mm-hmm. it conflicts with gymnastics. And then we have to like, you know, <laughs> so we, um, we like let them collect dust for a while. And then I had a music teacher in high school that I was just, he was so inspirational for me and was always like this really cool, quiet, yes man. Mm. Where like any curiosity I had of like, hmm, I wonder, he'd be like, yeah, you should. And so, um, you know, in high school, if you're an arts kid in the high, in high schools, like you have no free time because you have to do all of your arts in your like free yeah. periods. So mm-hmm. neither one of, us, me nor my teacher had time in our schedules, but we somehow crafted like 40 minutes every seven days, every seven or eight days to just like learn guitar. Like he would teach me a guitar. Whoa. And so, and that was only a couple months. And then from there I was really self-taught. I found myself in a circumstance where I told someone that I could play guitar, but I put it on a piece of paper, right? So you can't give all the caveats on a piece of paper. It was like, do you play an instrument? And I just had to check yes, even (laughs) though I was like, I really can't. (laughs) And so they were like, they just took that as gospel. They were like, great, you can play. And so then I got, it was for this like summer program that was, it was like a theater summer program. And they just wanted to know like what your skills were. And I was like, sure, it's a skill. And so then without asking any questions, they just put me in these like R and D situations where we were like creating things and they were like, great. And we've got a guitar player. And I was like, sure. (laughs) Yes. And, um, I just didn't tell anybody that I was scared and I just (laughs) kept doing it. That's the key to being an artist, I think. Yeah. Or maybe being a human. Yeah. Don't tell people that you're scared, but just show up and do it. And just pretend, just pretend. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. And you were playing for other kids songs. Yeah. So I was playing in a, um, in an accompaniment situation where we were like crafting this big artistic thing and they were like, and there really should be underscoring here. And I'd be like, (laughs) (laughs) it was really base and like, like, you know, rudimentary stuff, but you have to make it sound like it's not. So from my inability 
on the guitar came a lot of my like personal style because if I couldn't do something, I would figure out a way to make it sound like I could. Yeah. And then that just kind of became, which, you know, as far as like uh, playing instruments goes, like isn't the best. Like I don't really, I can play and I know a <laughs> lot, but I don't know, I don't have the same like, you know, for someone who's playing for, been playing guitar for 10 years, I don't have all the knowledge <laughs> that I should, but whatever. Yeah, and it's that classic, like, someone set me free, a, a really good friend of mine set me free when I first started playing guitar at 29. Mm. So, like, I hear 15, and like, that was too that old. Was, I'm like, right. fuck, I'll never get it. Right. Um, <laughs> but a friend of mine set me free when, when I was, like, very, very, within, like, the first year when I just, like, didn't even really, I didn't think I was ever going to accompany myself on yeah. stage or be able to. And I was running out of new ideas to write songs to. She was like, and I was like, I just wish I was better. I wish I had more theory. And she was like, it's actually better that you don't mm -hmm. because then you'll get pigeonholed, pigeonheld with what it's supposed to sound like or, but that does it, but that's not in the chord or whatever right. smart guitar players think. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. I like, she gave me the freedom to be like, you don't have to have those fears or worries or anxieties. And I have plenty of other anxieties <laughs> to add into my yeah. life. Yeah. And that's know? the thing of like, of like, I could feel really bad about what I don't know, or <sighs> I could just feel really empowered by what I do and choose to be expressive in whatever way comes naturally to me. Like it's an expressive art form. If mm -hmm. I wanted to be a tyrant about it, mm -hmm. I would do something else. I yeah. might work in finance. Oh my know? God. I'm always like, <laughs> why do I, why don't I just work for Bank of America? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Really do that. And I, I, I want to talk about that too, about you live in New York city. Mm -hmm. I live in New York city. Mm -hmm. AKA why, <laughs> why are we doing that? Uh, we're artists, but what you just said, I want to take that back. And if I was a better interview, I would have written that down or had like a little notepad, but like you don't want to shit on yourself for the things that you don't know. Yeah. Why do we do that yeah. all well, the time? And I think particularly like for, for women who play instruments, mm. right? Like guitar is um, a lot of my like, people who I try to emulate or whose sounds I try to emulate, I, uh, there's a lot of incredible male guitar players, right? Yeah. And there's, that means that a lot of the words of advice or the affirmations that you get come from male gay stuff, which isn't mm. always, nothing that's always terrible, but it's not always the thing that motivates me or helps me, right? So trying to find, um, trying to find inspiration either for myself or other female guitarists of like, Sure, I, I may not know all the theory that these other like fucking like you know really heady intense. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> and, and I'm and I'm saying that in the derogatory sense, but I don't I I don't mean it in that yeah. full way. It's just that like it's a really awesome tactic to like shut people out who you know who have artistic things that they want to do, but maybe just don't have. Like I didn't have insane lessons when I was growing up, but yeah. that doesn't mean that I that I uh, that I can't work on music with, and collaborate with people in a way that's fruitful and meaningful. Yeah. Um, and I just decided not to be scared about that. I got hired for um, a job with 10,000 like 
musicians, like 10, virtuosos, like not 10,000, they're like eight. Um, <laughs> that's just that scale is incredible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but they were all guys and I was really intimidated and I just decided to go in and be like, and cause it's, it sucks to be like the worst one in the room and be a girl because you're like, Oh fuck, I'm fulfilling their yep. idea mm-hmm. that like girls aren't as good. And I'm generalizing. Right. But I, but we have that in the back of our yeah. mind. Every room we step into. Yeah, absolutely. And I I did this poll one time on my social media when I was more active on it. I was catering at an event. Mm-hmm. Um, I was humming. We were waiting in line to refill our trays. I was humming something, I guess. Oh, always. Always. That's right. how you get through those it, fucking shifts. You so have to uh, sing to yourself. Yeah. I swear. Like, you Very just have to, like, be somewhere else. Literally. <laughs> Especially when you're not like customer facing, when you're like in a stairwell, like you're just like uh, la, la, la. waiting for the next tray. Yeah. And you're just like, I'm okay. I am safe. <laughs> this is, doesn't mean I'm going to die like this. Anyways. And um, I was, I was humming mindlessly and this guy that was in front of me waiting in line to refill his tray turned and was like, oh, like, are you like you saying you're a musician? And I, I was like, oh. Um, yeah, yeah. And he was like, do you play? And I was like, yeah, I play guitar. And he was like, let me feel your calluses. Oh no, don't touch my fingers. And I was like, sir, that's the third thing you've said to me. (laughs) And you, it it has happened so many times where, (gasps) where, when we're in a, that's to feel your fingers, to feel the tips my of your fingers, and sorry to, to determine you. my worth again. But also, like you're catering, picking up other people's napkins <laughs> and forks and like s- like sloppy spoons, and and you want to touch my hands? Yeah. First of all, not sanitary at all. Right. And second, like I don't know you. I don't know. And it was a really clear <laughs> ringer to me of like he didn't believe me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then that layer too. Then I realized that that hadn't, that was not the first time that that's happened to me where I'll be, I'll say that I play the instrument. Um, and in the inter- this interview, I'm kind of underselling myself. I do play the instrument, right? I just don't, I have insecurities about not having all of the knowledge, right? So, yeah. um, you are an incredible but, musician and artist. And I have a good ear for things like th- I've, com- I've been able to compensate in other ways. Right. So when, Anyway, I put it out on my social media, like, have any other, um, like, femme artists out there had this happen where someone asks to fill your calluses? I had six, I, I don't know that many, like, just, like musicians, but I had six women respond to me and be like, yeah, this actually happens to me all the time. Ew. And I had about four or five other guys reply to me and be like, this has actually never happened to me. And I'm so confused by it. Like, I don't get it. <laughs> and I was like, when, yeah. when we talk about calluses, if I'm, like teaching someone a few chords and they're like, oh, my fingies. I'll be like, it's like, you'll build up the calluses. Give it a week. Like, don't, don't worry. That's when we talk about calluses when you're a beginner. Right. So the fact that they, one of the first things they went to was how, let me fill your calluses. They obviously put me in a category that was like beginner. They wanted to fuck you. Yeah. One. Sure. And two, cause you're hot. Right. And no, but also right. it's <laughs> like, it's just a creepy thing to say. Just thinking of the idea of someone yeah. being like, like feeling yeah, your fingers is the, weird. And I was like, benefit of the doubt, maybe he was trying to be like flirty or break some kind of barrier. And I was like, I am in a tie 
I'm wearing a tie. Yeah. And in black slacks. Yeah. And we're and like holding a tray of sliders. I'm, yeah. Like, please. It was I mean, yeah, there's a lot of yeah, there's a lot of insecurity when it comes to that. And then like And know that that's his insecurity. Totally. Anyone yeah. who is a who loves what they do, who is feeling good about being a musician. If he also plays a guitar, first of all, you're both at the same job. So like, he's not (laughs) better than you. Okay. (laughs) It's his insecurity. Uh, I don't know if he has a thing, uh, a hang up about women, about his ex-girlfriend could have been a better guitar player than him or some shit. Like it, I think a lot of times people say things and they don't really know where they're coming from. If anything, of course it's like, we all have thorns mm-hmm. and people bump up in onto them mm-hmm. without knowing it. And yeah. that is like a, a thorn of like not feeling good enough yeah. or feeling like I'm always having to be on a certain measure or a certain yeah. measuring tape or scale than everyone around me and also men yeah. and also women. Like right. that's why we feel like we have to be forced to be competitive with each other because there's only so little spots. But yes. And when I got that, when I got that job with all of those incredible musicians, they were incredible towards me they were there was no like gatekeeping of any of that there were no side comments like and there absolutely could have been and they were it it was I decided to live up to the moment and be like I'm not gonna let anyone know that I don't really know what Mm -hmm. I'm doing and also I totally did I (laughs) like I created the charts for everything cool and they worked off my charts and I was like (gasps) Yeah, yeah, that right. feels awesome. It felt really awesome, and th- I doesn't matter if I was slow with it or what. Like, and from that moment on, I was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna stop. I'm gonna get out of my own way because there are enough people that I'm gonna have to go through mm-hmm. to like. I don't have to make it harder for myself by not believing in myself. Yeah, and I think as as women, it's like that thing of that. Um, like you don't know you're beautiful and that's what makes you beautiful kind of a thing. Like you not knowing you being ignorant to your yeah. own, like it's just so like, oh, high. No, yeah. I'm not, I'm hideous. Right. And then like being like, model. I don't know how to play this instrument. Like that doesn't make you charming. Like right. it also, is that artistic? I don't think so. You know, mm-hmm. we should just, we should just play this, play the song. Hit yeah. And, four. <laughs> yeah. And obviously, well, two things, obviously confidence gets you, into more rooms and into more spaces and whatever you think about yourself, yeah. people will believe Yeah, whether it's good or whether it's bad, they'll believe it. Cause they're, you're the only one living in your body and you tell people how to treat you. Yeah. And second, look at those. Like, I know it's, they just happen to be men that we're talking about, but it can just be people yes. in general, yeah. but look at those different types of interactions and comments and where you physically were. Yeah. Like you were at a catering job and someone kind of came up to you. Yes. Like pressed against a thorn, like, you were like, this is something I'm insecure about. And that's fucking annoying that you're going to question my worth. But then when you're in a space with people, again, they happen to be men who are actually working and doing a, like, why would they treat you any differently? It's just the people who are insecure, who are not in the spaces that they want to. And it means absolutely nothing about your worth. Yeah. Cause you get to determine that. Right. Which you already know, but it's, but it's, uh, it's things that are, that are easy to forget when you're kind of alone in a room or not inspired by yourself. It's just, it's easy to like let those thoughts turn darker or turn, you know, less like holistic. I don't know. Totally. And and I think that's the work. Like, I think that's just the natural cycle of every single person in the world, yeah. but but artists 
have to always go through, mm-hmm. unfortunately, to like get us to the next level to like build the worth that we want to be at to kind of bring the opportunities in Mm -hmm. and like for us to feel like we can get into those spaces is like we have to have doubts Mm -hmm. or like it will come up and it's like okay here's that thing again like how am I going to deal with it like here's this rejection again or here's like I feel like I'm confronted with it a lot in like love and relationships where I'm constantly having to like remind myself of the worth and deservingness or like something doesn't work out or somebody says something that knocks me down. And I'm like, wait a minute. I I have to continue to like grow that, that flower or that, that garden a little bit more like that self love, self resilience, preservation. And it's a muscle. You got to flex it. Oh my God. Yes, yeah. we do. It's so exhausting. I'm kind of like, I'm kind of like done learning lessons <laughs> is where I'm at. I thank you and <laughs> goodbye. Thank you. I'm good. I'd like everything that I've ever wanted right now at the same time. You said it's just that I don't want to hurt you. Do you make me beg just so you can refuse it? Did I come to Massachusetts? I was listening back to your music and I I don't know if you feel this way or if anyone has told you this, but I just, your voice makes me feel really safe. Your singing voice just like, it feels really nurturing. And I don't know if that's a hole in me. Like if that's Mm. my mother wound, (laughs) that is like, "Mm." Um, (laughs) that's like being soothed. Mm. Um, But I, and I don't know if that is like how you grew up or if, cause I think, being a singer for me sometimes is like I am reparenting myself in what I'm doing mm-hmm. because it's something that actually makes me feel mm. alive. So I'm just curious who, like who you listen to. You're giving me a few revelations there. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Brandy Carlisle mm. was uh, gay as hell and still is. <laughs> hell yeah, um, did. And I remember, so well to list them, Brandy Carlisle, um, we listened to a lot of pop mm-hmm. growing up. Um, so like singability is like something that's always, like something that I want to sing that feels like good to sing for me in some way is like what I pull, even though I don't sound pop at all, um, except for some things, but um, like Jasmine Sullivan mm-hmm. and uh, I listened to a lot of Madison Cunningham who oh, is God. incredible. Uh, unreal. Um, Madison, if you're out there, give me a call. Come on, Shay, the good people. Madison, I'll be your stunt double. I got the bangs. Yeah. (laughs) Um, She's, I've been to like two of her shows and Mm. she is stunningly complex and beautiful. And I, I'm obsessed with her grit, like how much she practices, how much she devotes to her like calling. Um, Melanie Faye, who's a guitarist who is, uh, like 
so the fact that anybody can make an instrument wail and Mm -hmm. sing like that, like when you have people who have found how to express themselves in their singular way, I can't play like Melanie. Obviously, very few people can, but I am so drawn to how committed she is to making that instrument her her life, her soul, mm. her blood, her her voice in every way. I am I am so moved by that. Um, mm. A lot of Frank Ocean as well. Um, I take a lot of my lyricism uh, and rhyming. Um, inspiration from a lot of R&B. Um, Elliot Skinner, who is not as well known, although give him some time, he's about, he he blows my mind. He has no, barely any music released. You have to see him live. Yet everyone that goes knows all of his songs because we are devoted to him. This mm. community that he's built is wild to me. And he does a lot of loop stuff and I, I have a looper and I write on a looper, but I also, um, I keep my, uh, instrumentation really simple because I, I like to have it just be the backdrop to what I'm saying or mm. what I'm singing. Mm-hmm. You saying that I sound soothing is so, uh, the revelation that I had is like, um, yeah, I think I do sing to self soothe. And I think that I've known that, but haven't put like words to that. We kneel with our hands folded. Your body's shaken. I reach out to. Every time we would like drive in the car, I remember coming back from camp one year and it was a long drive. My mom was like, what do you want to listen to? And I was like, Brandy Carlisle, tragedy cello version. <laughs> and she was like, it's summer. You literally just had an amazing time at camp. And, and I, it, like, I don't find sad songs to always be sad, right? They're just like cathartic in some way. They, yes. they, it's a release in some yeah. way. And I think, you know, adolescents always need a release of multiple varieties, but I was able to go. At the time, I didn't know I was queer, obviously, um, and uh, I. But you're like, I need a sad song on a yeah, sunny right. day. Like when I look, <laughs> when I look back at my on a sunny day, I need a sad song. When I look back at myself, I was there was there are I there are so many things about myself that were so obviously queer in such a beautiful way and I mm. knew it but I didn't have I didn't have words or you know I didn't I didn't know uh I didn't know all of the shades of queer that there were yeah and, totally. um so uh I went to a Brandy Carlisle concert and while we were at that concert I was a freshman in uh high school and I saw uh it was in downtown Philly and I saw all of the queer teachers at my school at that <gasps> concert and I again didn't I wasn't out wasn't really out to myself and I knew Brandy Carla was gay, obviously. I knew I was so deeply mesmerized and drawn to her in such a gay way. (laughs) And I saw all these gay teachers there and I was like, 
it was this little secret. It was a Monday night, mm-hmm. and the next morning we had um, we had a meeting where I was going to see two of those teachers there, and there was like this little wink that they gave me the next day of like we won't tell anyone that you saw me drinking a beer at a Brandy Carlisle concert the and night before. Like, but the most important thing you guys didn't see. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gay. Yay! Yeah. And um, it was uh, it was it's been such a. Being able to like remember those things, unpick things and be like, no, I did have I did have like queer community there. It, it's just it's such a happy little memory. And I have so many happy queer things about myself. Um, so few of them are like sad or tragic. Um, but like so that, few of them. So few. So That's few. Great. Oh, it's incredible. I've. Yeah. Did you when did you come out or like I did you feel ready? like five years ago, okay. I came out to my parents three years ago, um, which is, there's like, yeah, it's why I, um, it's been something that I've been unpacking. I've been out to myself for like quite a while Mm -hmm. out in the world for about five years. And, um, like last year I was trying to unpack that and feel like I was living more in my queer body because I just felt that I wasn't, I wasn't out in a self-affirmative way, not as like, um, say it with your whole chest, as yeah. I really felt and wanted to be. And so I started to unpack some of that, which is where um, Come to Jesus, which is where and why I wrote Come to Jesus. I had this. Which we will <laughs> fucking get to. One of my favorite songs in the world. But yes, we will definitely um, talk about that. Yeah, so when you wrote that, song yeah I was unpacking um I was I had this really intense crush on this girl and I was having a really hard time acting on it in a way that was uh that was like hey date me yeah (laughs) and I was like why like why why um and I, how did you, how do you do your unpacking? Like, do you have a spiritual practice? Do you, was it just journaling, thinking, meditating? Um, thinking and writing songs. It's okay. my, cool. it's, it's why I don't really share a lot of my songs or I'm not really passionate about, um, like gigging and going out and doing that stuff. Cause it is like my little personal practice mm-hmm. and also just thinking in the shower, hot showers are like perfect fodder for like sad girls to be like, why am I the way that I am? So true. <laughs> um, and we didn't even talk about your astrology yet. <laughs> and I don't know much about her, but, um, but yeah, it was just kind of like, I was really wanting to make a move on this girl and I was getting in my own way about it. And I, uh, was trying to figure out why. And I went to Catholic school for 10 years. We weren't very religious. So I don't have this sense of like, God hates gays. Um, even mm. though that's, that's a very real thing that people experience. It's not part of my religious experience. It's more the community and the guilt and mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. what's normal and what's not. And I had very accepting household. Like I knew th- one of the things that I knew, I was like, I know it's okay for other people to be gay. I know that it's mostly cis men who are gay and you have to be like really lesbian to be considered like gay to be, if Mm -hmm. you're a girl. Mm -hmm. And I knew that it was other people who experienced that. Not, uh, not me, not us. Mm. Like we accept them and we love them, but it's them and not, not us. So I didn't know how to apply it to myself. Um, and, uh, I think that a lot of people look to religion for um, 
answers of some kind or, or solace or uh, a deeper understanding of themselves. And where I experienced that like enlightenment was when I uh, came out. My queer experience has been the lens through which I've um, gotten to know myself better in a way that I think maybe a lot of people, it's been a, it's been a spiritual journey for me and I wanted to write a song that captured the joy of that, the relationship of that. Um, and, uh, was really unapologetically like sensual and, Mm -hmm. um, experiential, like experiential and, um, uh, like exciting for me, you know? Um, yeah. So this, it was the third song you played on the set. It was called come to Jesus. And you put a little clip of it on your Instagram, on your reels. Mm -hmm. And so everyone listening, like immediately go under at underscore Sophie Hearn underscore, listen to that, share it. It's like, it's such a, you can tell it came from like, like you channeled that song. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was your experience, but it feels like to me, it feels like a spiritual experience. Mm -hmm. Like, and I've heard it twice live mm-hmm. I got to hear I feel very lucky that I got to hear it twice I mean the chorus touch me like you want me and I'll call it divine tell me you love me and I'll know God for the first time like chills chills Thank it's insane you. and also like to say like and I'll know God for the first time like damn was a pussy that good <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> like I was like, whoa! I love. Maybe I should try that. <laughs> <laughs> I love the the revelations that a lot of women have when they when they come into their whole queer bodies and their whole queer selves. It it um it felt like I met myself for the first time when mm. I was like. So as much as it's, as it is about like somebody else or um like a, even like a general, um, uh, like gay, gay people. Yeah. Um, it's very much like, uh, meeting, meeting a divine, um, meeting a divine body or some kind of having some kind of divine experience, uh, is very much, how I experience my queer self. And so I'll know God for the first time, like God being not necessarily even like God, God, but you know, feeling, feeling safe, feeling, feeling protected, feeling, Mm. um, feeling seen, feeling known, knowing yourself, feeling like you are on this earth firmly planted on your two feet. Mm. It, it, that is how I experience my queerness, which is why it's been so, it's been so exciting and positive and my journey with it, finding, figuring things out, like so little of it is painful, which I'm so fucking lucky for. And so many people have come before me so that I can experience myself in a happy, explorative way and not this like sad guilt tragic way um but yeah this song was was pulling that gratitude out of myself and that experience out of myself so that i didn't have to feel guilt or shame or confusion or uh like i owed anybody an explanation you know yeah, yeah. totally yeah. i think that's helpful though for 
for a lot of people to hear of like it doesn't have to well one queerness is such a spectrum and it it doesn't have to be one way and you can have those similar doubts of like and did uh did you grow up with both of your parents i did okay and like your childhood you enjoyed it it felt totally good and fulfilling yeah like you can have that i think a lot a lot of people are like I guess when it comes to like the healing or spiritual space or like sifting through self-awareness, like, but my family loved me, but like, I still Mm. like am not able to like really be my full authentic self. Like what's the trauma there? Yeah. And I was talking with my friend the other day too. Um, She's uh, gay as hell and has super supportive parents. Like, and you know, when I came out to my parents, all the, like they they were like we just want you to be happy that's Mm. all you bring anybody home you want we just want you to be happy that's fucking amazing Mm. and then um gay conversations kind of stopped after that right like they don't really inquire about like and how are the girls like they there's they they're fine if you bring it up but there's no uh there's very little um like immediate space that they make to like you know we'll talk about my sister's boyfriend or dating experience all the time like we we, there's there's a lot there's a lot to pick and unpack about straight relationships that they're comfortable with but when it comes to my sexuality they're very much like whatever works for you works for us and they'll leave it there and it's like wait but there's so much more to say and feel and it's it is so profound for me that you know to talk about my life and who I am and how I am in this city specifically in this city is to talk about my queerness Mm -hmm. and I don't even mean it in in this like oppressive like we need to give space to my gay self like but there, you're allowed to ask for that. Yeah, to right. Them, and know? there's without it being like uncomfortable or or like there's there's you know, th- uh, it'd be the next step is like uh, it's so normal. Like queerness mm. is so normal. Actually, it's yeah. it's everywhere. It's all the time. It's uh, like it, it's it's not this. Um, well, I don't understand it, so so I don't know how to engage with it. Well, have you talked I'm to them about you. that, or have they gotten better at like being like more verbally in, involved? Yeah, and it's not the really good thing is that I don't date a lot, so it's not something <laughs> it's not something that comes up all that often, Affair, right? And, yeah, and they're like, "Well, I'm alone, so there's yeah. nothing to talk about." <laughs> there's nothing to talk about. Um, and and also, I'm just like I I uh, yeah, I don't I don't date a lot, so it it'd be out of left field for them to bring it up like period because I do, it's not like, Oh, she's always got some, some other person on her hip, you know? <laughs> um, so uh, grace for them in that. And I don't feel, um, I don't feel hugely, uh, sad about it. It's just, it's, it's difficult to have that conversation without them getting defensive or feeling like I'm pointing any kind of finger. It's like, no, we should just like, we should, Let's all just be chill. Can we all yeah. just be chill? Let's be so, chill, family. Because um, uh, it's been really, it's family. been really happy and exciting for me, and it's why I I pull away sometimes because I do feel like they think that I talk about it all the time or that like, oh my god, like it's just this tortured like queer person, and it's like, no, I'm not. I'm this really happy, fulfilled queer person oh, with such amazing queer hey. friends and people and exposure and. Um, to talk about me is to talk about that. Touch me like you want me. And I'll call it 
Maybe I'm just asking a lot more questions about it because no, yeah. I even though I'm not having queer conversations with my parents or my mom's specific, well, I guess both my parents, but my parents divorced when I was 14, 15. Mm. And it's just like even for, I mean, my mom's never, neither of my parents have ever asked me like, are you dating? Are you finding mm. someone who loves you? Mm-hmm. Like I was never even taught, even though it's just like, Oh, we're just going to assume you're straight, which I don't even necessarily think I'm straight, mm-hmm. but like that's where I'm at right now. Totally. But I'm like, wait, I don't want to just like box myself in, but, um, cause there's pretty hot people out there, but, <laughs> um, sexy ass all around. Oh no, I know. But even just the, even just being an artist in the family, I don't know how you feel, but already feels like so out of left field for mm. anyone and everyone in my family mm. to be like, what? We don't fucking know how Shayna's doing. And just like every year I come back and like in their mind, how they see me is not a mess, even though I've never really felt like a mess, but like, they're just like, Oh, you're in New York. Hasn't this artist, like yeah. they're already, they only have the two questions of yeah. the like, well, like, how are your shows going or like how come you're not booking any shows like and then that's it yeah there's no question about like learning new skills or who are you meeting or do you feel fulfilled as an artist and like I and to me like my relationships not just love relationships but my relationships are really a huge part of that too and there's never Mm. really been a question or have never been questioned like are the people that you're dating do you feel that they are asking questions about Mm, you or do you feel yeah yeah. and do you feel like I mean this would be insane for them to ask but like do you really feel worthy of the love that you really want like Mm. no one's ever my parents would not know how to ask those questions and I think that's just love in general and could also feel like an extra kind of like um like extra kind of length in the pole of like, well, you're doing fine and, and you're over there and we love you and mm. you're a part of our family, but, but your sexuality is like not something we can be involved with. Yeah. Um, which like, yeah, parents wouldn't be involved in sexuality, but I think, I think there are some, I don't know. It's just, I have no idea what other people or other parents do, but that's something I have to f- have been thinking about a lot and have to allow myself to be reparented and yeah. and like what was given to me of like this is what a valuable person looks like and mm. feels like and has in their life yeah I'm like but that's not my shit anymore yeah um yeah and I well a lot of a lot of those ideas revolve around heteronormativity right mm-hmm. of like happiness looks like this looks like this specific thing to them um and uh yeah there's a lot there's a lot of that verbiage of like we just hope you're safe and happy in New York. And you know, we just love you so much. Yeah. And I'm like, cool. Thanks. I I know, I know you do. And I'm, I'm living, I'm living this life and I don't know, I I don't know how much you want me to share with you because it doesn't Don't tell me. Yeah. There, there's, there's a, Mm -hmm. and also there are certain things that I have to do to keep myself safe. Um, and, uh, I'm, I'm prioritizing the things that I want to do in life and, I, a lot of my my family needs to heal from things before they have room mm. for for me and my stuff. And I'm coming to that's fine. I'm coming to terms with that. You know, that's on their own time. I can't I can't wait mm-hmm. for that 
to figure out totally. why I'm like chronically single and you know, <laughs> like I have to work on that myself. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that there, the, the New York artist life is, is very elusive to, yeah. to them. And it's elusive to me as well. All I can say is that I'm really happy. Yeah. Can you tell me how you're happy? Because I need help. <laughs> yeah. I, um, let me and the people know the skills. I think I'm the delusional. Um, yeah. and <laughs> where do I buy that? Uh, <laughs> um, it's really cheap. Um, you just Peter have to be Joe's. a little stupid. Um, <laughs> and, uh, I have like the world's greatest friends. We have cool. like really a lot of fun and we are um, conscious about having fun with each other. And uh, I ha I'm not satisfied in a lot of ways. I won't say that I'm like, that I'm so happy, but I'm not satisfied or like, I'm not achieving anything. There's, there's, <laughs> noth there's nothing that I have done. I'm, I've been out of work for three years. Um, before then the work I was getting, I was, uh, excited about, but really, um, nervous about what that meant, like long term. Mm -hmm. And I, it's all been big question marks, but, um, I am trying to see, like, I'm 25 and that's very young still, um, obviously. And I'm trying to be excited about getting older and like learning more and like just the longer you keep yourself in it, the more opportunities come. And even if it's slow, like I'm trying to have patience with myself and take as much pressure off myself with certain things and celebrate any win that comes to anybody in my circle because anybody yeah. doing it means that I can too. And mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. there are so many worthy people in this city and it just is going to take a little time for everyone to be able to like uh, that. That's a very hippy dippy way of looking at it. But if but, I chose, if I've, I have spent time looking at it in different ways and being absolutely like nihilistic about it. And I'm like, wait, art though, like expressing, expressing myself, like telling, communicating stories. Like I'm so passionate about people and communication. And if I choose to get like, really pessimistic about other people doing things that I'm not or, or I mean, I have a lot of negative thoughts about like in this industry and how it happens and the entertainment industry in general, like I'm not like, Oh, and it's all flowers. No, it's all actually like concrete hell most yeah. of the time. <laughs> but I, I, the thing I'm drawn to about it is beautiful. I'm drawn to beautiful expression and art and creating things in collaboration and minds coming together to talk about experiences and um and say the sad things so that you can feel the happier things like there there's mm. there's so much zooming out that I feel like I constantly have to do in order to not get bogged down by like the terrible horrible I mean I'm going in for awful thing like I barely audition I going in for oh God, mad no. things like nope. th none I, of those things are going well I'm not saying any of this because I'm like and I'm really on an upward trajectory I don't feel that <laughs> I don't feel that at all I don't know yeah how does that even yeah but it's so it's so confusing it's um I'm not doing myself any favors by um 
focusing on what I'm not achieving, right? Totally. It's what we talked about at the beginning, Mm. right? Like not shitting on yourself for the things Things that I don't know or don't do. Yeah. Yeah. Or that like isn't happening. Yeah. Don't focus on the things that that aren't happening or like uh, looping. My brain is like such a fucking anxiety looper. Yeah. And kind of just what you said, like focusing on or like what are the things that are going well? Yeah. Okay. Last question. There's really so many things that I want to talk to you about. And we should talk about. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm so happy that I'm so happy that we're doing this because like I said, the beginning, we've only really played shows together and I don't really, we don't really know each other. Right. Um, But I just want to, I just want to emphasize and have this on record that like you are exactly in the place that you need to be. Mm. And as soon as, as you can trust yourself with what you want mm-hmm. and know that you can get exactly what you want, like boom, yeah. it's all gonna, it's all gonna fly in and then it's going to be too much. It's yeah. going to be like too many opportunities. Um, but it takes some time to get there, but yeah. you're exactly where you need to be. Um, okay. So <laughs> you did the show in June, which was pride month yeah, in New York city. <laughs> yes. yes. And actually the, the first song, that you did I wanted to ask more about that but I think we we talked about a little bit it was about the pandemic song yeah like about depression and yeah um I definitely experienced that a lot like not in like a sad artist way but like it's okay well well what I really wanted to talk about was song your second song that you did was Massachusetts yeah in between song two and song three you're like that song was about a boy and the audience goes boo and then you're like and this next song is about a girl they're like yeah <laughs> i'm obviously gonna like cut that in it was amazing <laughs> and you had said right before your last song that you've been end quote you've been a really bad bisexual yeah and you've been on a lot of boy dates yeah so my last question is have you been a good bisexual lately uh, i've been in like a non-practicing <laughs> bisexual. <laughs> yeah after i mean i was at that point in time i was trying to just date mm-hmm. and um hinge i was trying to use the apps and I said I was a bad bisexual because I was giving space to um, specifically like cis men that I like had no business. Like I didn't want, I didn't want to. Mm -hmm. I was like, I was like pretending to be like straight in those (laughs) circumstances. And I would talk about my queerness on the dates, but they'd be like, oh, you know, I'm not queer. And I'd be like, yeah. Yeah, I'm so I'm so clear on that. Yeah, you're like I saw your Machu Picchu I, picture that's right. on Hinge. Like, that's no, right. No, you're not queer. And <laughs> I was like, uh, like ding Got ding him. ding, clear clear yeah. as day, my dude. Um, <laughs> and I felt like I, like I was just like shutting. I was shutting down, and I was not it, the the thing that I was trying to manifest. I was doing the exact opposite of. So I I. I generalized it and kind of like simplified it of like, I'm being a bad bisexual by being like, I'm dating cis men. But it was, it was more so that I was having bad dates with straight cis men that I, been been and I specifically like, wasn't, I was trying to like go about dating differently and I, I wasn't. And Mm. so I was like not giving voice to myself. So I've been, um, I've been stalled in a lot of ways there's a girl that I can't, I can't, I'm having a hard time recalibrating, um, my 
uh, feelings. <laughs> you want to get back together um, with her? No, we've never been together. Okay, secret and, lover. And and we likely, we never will be. <laughs> Not never, but I'm... Because you're hiding away. Because uh, I'm, I'm in hiding. Um, no, yeah, I've just, I get, I get get um overwhelmed by a lot of things and i get overwhelmed by my by my feelings and i have a hard time flushing them out and filtering them through even when reality is staring me right in the face and Mm. um i use it as an excuse to not participate in other things and not move on from it because it's it's like a coping mechanism of i can't be rejected by somebody that i know i can't be with i mean you're so self-aware of it though and you know uh, so, it. Y- so you'd think that I would do something about it <laughs> and I'm not. <laughs> well, so it, yeah, it takes time to sit through there yeah. and like sit through like the fear yeah. of like, what if it's amazing? And then for me, if yeah. I'm like, what if it's awesome? And then I fucking ruin it again. Yeah. I have a lot of like, even though I know it's not always me mm-hmm. and a lot of it is like people not ready, but yeah. I'm like, if I was just more, I think that sifting through the feelings and like if and when you're interested, like Mm -hmm. there's so many tools out there Mm -hmm. to really to identify and be like, I know I do have that feeling and it's overwhelming. And at a certain point, because I, this is just, again, I have to just bring it back to me to like not make generalizations, but like I get, I get tired of myself. Mm. I get tired of, rejecting something that I really, really Mm. love. Or what I do is I'm an anxious attachment style is like, Mm -hmm. I keep myself so small and I get so scared about bringing up how I feel and I feel so much and I feel like I'm going to be too much. And that's my shadow is that I'm too emotional. And because when I was younger, I wasn't able to, anytime I had a feeling, my mother was like, well, how do you think I feel? So, I mean, we, we don't have to go too much into it. And I do love my mother, but like sifting through, like, where did I pick up these things that like, I'm not allowed to dive in or I mm. don't, I'm like too overwhelmed by mm. this thing that I want. Um, so just saying all that to be supportive of like, yeah. I get it. It's mm. completely normal to, yeah. to, to have a lot of emotions and have a lot of feelings. That's why you're creative. Yeah. That's why you write such good fucking songs. Thank you. And it, <laughs> and it's hard to be like, but I also want to be in love. Yeah, and it's also hard when like all of the songs you write about are like about um, things that you've when you're like songs where your imagination has gotten a little a little too far away from you, or about the rejection you've experienced. Like I'm I'm ready to pull from something different. I'm ready to pull from like. Uh, excitement and positivity and hope as opposed to, cause a lot of, I mean, I write songs so that I can process the negative or bad things that I'm feeling or going through or that I've experienced. And so a lot of, uh, it means that a lot of the songs turn out like really heavy, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. which is, which is g- exciting for me. It's helpful for me, but also like if I were crafting a set list, it'd be like, and this one is about, <sighs> rejection as well in yeah. the key of a minor yeah <laughs> you know and i wonder if if this is too much to say but i wonder if giving yourself those opportunities mm-hmm. of new love or mm-hmm. of hope and like really experiencing what if it does work out mm-hmm. what if i can be in a relationship with this girl what if i can tell her that i'm really overwhelmed by a lot of things but i want it to work mm. like what would come from 
what songs would come out from allowing yourself to have extremely new mm-hmm. experiences yeah. and scary experiences. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm ready to ready to write them. Well, st- well, and I'm ready to listen to them. <laughs> and I hope everybody else is too. But thank you so much, Sophie. Thanks for coming all the way to Brooklyn. Thank you, Shana. Thanks I for really having appreciate me to Brooklyn. This was incredible. Yay. I learned so much more about you. And <laughs> likewise, I mean, thank you for saying your age, but also 25 is very young. And just the amount that you know yourself mm. as a person, as a queer person, as an artist, as a human being is really fucking inspiring to me as not hmm. 25 anymore um so uh yeah where where can people find you and you have some music on streaming i have one song that's also a pandemic song that's also a little sad um yeah. on spotify and then I, I post stuff on instagram sometimes um you can find me on the social meds um at underscore sophie hearn underscore um but I am I am trying to trying to get in the habit of of posting more. Um, but it's it's uh, I don't know. I, I like to be I like to be happy and quiet and small about things because it feels that. it feels the most um, authentic to how I want to play music. So yeah, you're fucking awesome. Thank you. You're awesome. Thank you guys for tuning in to Shay and the Good People. Woohoo! And we'll see you next time. See ya. Touch me like you. so much for listening to the podcast to shane the good people podcast i really 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 appreciate it special thanks to jj allen and new daydream studios if you like this episode please share it with your friends your families any creatives any non-creatives anyone that you don't know just send it to them why not can't hurt um don't forget to subscribe, leave us a five-star review, and also follow us on Instagram at Shay and the Good People. On Instagram, it's just Shay and the Good People. Spell it exactly as it sounds. Also, come to the show. If you're in Brooklyn, if you're in New York City, hell, if you're in Queens, come out and see us. We're at Pete's Candy Store. It's the second Tuesday of every month at 8:30. The show is free. We have new guests every single time. Of course. There's a little donation bucket that goes around, put a few dollars in there for the musicians, but also just want something to do and you happen to be free the second Tuesday of every month, come out to see Shay and the Good People Live, our real show, and then you'll get to hear the interviews with the guests that you saw on that show and you could tell your people, hey, guess what? I saw them on this show and now they're talking about their lives. We have fun. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next time. <laughs>